to Doing the Most, the series where we talk about the misadventures of entrepreneurship. I'm your host, Georgie, execution strategist and serial entrepreneur. This series is here to get real about what entrepreneurial life truly looks like. We are driven, persistent, hardworking, ambitious. We are human, and these are our stories. Please note, all season one episodes were previously recorded for our video series. Welcome back to the Doing the Most series. Today, we have Makesia Brown, and she's going to be talking all about her entrepreneurial path and how it's been crazy, but very rewarding and fulfilling. Makesia, could you, aka Mickey, could you give us a quick introduction about who you are? Well, I am a born and raised New Yorker. Um, definitely a city girl, but I've been on both coasts of, of America. Um, I was a computer science major in high school and a little bit in college, a little taste in college, but I switched to art because I wanted to be self-expressed. And um, <laughs> also because I, I was intimidated by the fact that I was the only woman um, the only female in all my classes and often the only mm-hmm. black person. So I wasn't, I wasn't secure in my future in that industry, in that field. So I changed my majors and I don't regret my art degree, but mm-hmm. definitely it's very hard to make a living as an artist. And so um, I came full circle back into programming, um, specifically web, web programming, which I became self-taught in for a number of years, I was a web designer for a hot minute, and then um, I started to learn backend um, uh, web development. And so, uh, yeah, I'm a coder, I'm creative, I'm a city girl. Awesome, thank you for the introduction. So let's just jump right into it. Regarding your introduction, I have a question directly from that. How much did you spend on college if you want to give us a ballpark amount getting that art degree and then did you end up having to spend again when you went to get your um you said you were mostly self-taught web development did you purchase any software did you purchase anything i'm just trying to get a picture at kind of the the total investment if you just had the support that you needed back when you were first um pursuing the computer um science degree how much you know you would have saved overall essentially time and money yeah well um i was fortunate enough to um get a a ba from hunter college which is one of the best um cuny uh institutions um sorry i hate to pause you real quick i think this might be the daycare so sorry no, no, it's my phone. I think it was my daughter's daycare. I'm not sure who it was actually. It's gonna be two seconds. I just sent. Oh, it's California. All right, that's not here. Uh, so sorry about that. I'm gonna put it on Do Not Disturb so that nobody could get me by accident. Um, you just take a step back and start like where you were mentioning CUNY. So I have, I'm gonna be able to chop it up. So. Like anything happens um, on your end or my end, we could uh, always cut it, cut it out. So just kind of you were saying I started tuning and just cut in from right there. Right on. Um, so I was lucky enough to uh, uh, t- get my um, bachelor's degree from Hunter College, which is an amazing institution. Their um, arts program is really awesome. Um, 
And uh, so that wasn't as expensive as other um, city universities um, and other universities in general. Uh, so I saved a lot of money. Um, I paid for it for it myself sometimes and then like had financial aid other times. Um, I had a bunch of jobs. So uh, that's how I financed that. And then um, my self-taught journey as a programmer, um, I used a lot of free resources online. And then I also um, read a lot of books. So I, I made investments in my um, collection of computer books because I'm an avid reader. And so I just continued with it. I was very comfortable with it. And I knew that that was an investment into my future. Um, so I was fine spending a couple hundred dollars on these books. You know, I still reference them today. Um, but yeah, overall, I've really utilized um, financial aid for school and free resources online. Awesome. And, you know, I'm also a CUNY grad. I went to Baruch, so I definitely know the cost and the savings um, that you, you achieve from going to specifically a CUNY or a city school, a local school. So that's really good. And but I just want to like highlight for the listeners and the, the viewers that if you didn't have the opportunity to get financially because some people aren't eligible for it or you weren't resourceful, like you couldn't, you didn't see online or you didn't know how to look for those things online. Um, I think coming from being like a city girl, you kind of know how to get around corners, especially being like a woman of color. You definitely know how to figure stuff out, but not everyone has Exactly. And you could have been, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars in debt because of that deterrence. You could have wasted six, seven, eight years um, just to come full circle back to what you, you wanted to start with just because of that lack of community when you were going through your, your first your first take at web development and computer science. And with that, you know, let's jump into our next question. What are you currently doing um, as a web developer? Like, what do you do for work? And what do you do for your entrepreneurial ventures? Uh, well, it's, it's funny that you uh, mentioned that because um, I'm in a transition right now in a number of ways uh, career-wise. So I'm currently um, a teaching assistant with an amazing program through the Harlem Business Alliance where I get to teach code um, beginning web design and web development to young entrepreneurs. So um, yeah, really exciting, really fun. I love doing that stuff. I also volunteer a lot teaching um, uh, web, develop, web design um, to young girls at, with Black Girls Code. Um, so yeah, I dig doing all of that. Uh, and also I am a butler and a bartender with a catering company because um, it's good money and I get to call my own hours. And so it's a really great way to fill in the financial gaps in my life. Um, Cause teaching doesn't pay that much. It's a passion project. So yeah. And, and, and I am uh, applying for web developer jobs, I'm getting a lot of leads now, but I'm getting a lot of leads now because I was very vocal about my frustrations around not being able to find employment in the first place and meeting other black women who have my same story. It was really disheartening. Could you, could you dive a little bit deeper into that? Like how were you vocal and like what had to happen in order for you to get those opportunities coming your way? Yeah, um, so 
I mean, it kind of has to do with the saying, the squeaky wheel gets the oil. I know that I'm not the only one experiencing what I'm experiencing. I knew my gut. And so um, I was fine with communicating what I was going through with other people who had my interests. So for example, like I said, I volunteer a lot with Black Girls Code. I meet a lot of Black women there. Um, and, and just people around, all around, but um, especially uh, Black women. And a lot of them, they have my story. Like they either changed majors or they pursued another field altogether, but they're changing careers and they have the credentials, like they have a, a portfolio, they are well-spoken and they have the good soft skills that's needed in that position. Um, and uh, and they're, they're driven and they're hungry and they're not able to find work. Um, exactly my story. So it was quite frustrating knowing that and, and experiencing that for myself. So I had to find gigs. I had to find other jobs. Okay. And within these conversations, have you guys come to any like revelations as to why is it directly racist practices in the, in these companies? Is it they're looking at your resumes, but, um, are just, you know, looking at your name and for, for whatever reason, like not putting in the no pilot, do you guys have any idea of why, why this could be happening? So specifically to the, you know, the female population, the people of color population, there's so many aspects to, to it, but have you guys come up with any solid, like, um, causes maybe? Um, well, for sure. I do think that there is discrimination going on because, um, this nation, America, is made up of a lot of different kinds of people. And it's been that way for a very long time. And yet the, the employee base and um, management um, just top down in the tech industry and in many industries are white and male. So there's obviously some factor like that's at play that's keeping all these different demographics out. Um, some people say it's education, right? Um, there isn't a lot of uh, resources in poorer communities that, um, that offer a quality education in programming and in technology and in all kinds of technology, right? Because technology is not just programming, but I can only speak from a programming background. Um, so it could be education, it could be just downright people just discriminating through nepotism and um, uh, hirers taking in people who they feel comfortable with, right? Who fit the, corp the office culture, which is a bit different from corporate culture, right? Because corporate culture is dictated a lot by management and HR enforces that. Office culture often has to do with the employees, right? And I've talked to a lot of people about this very thing. Um, people, they continue doing what they know, they, they feel comfortable with people who are like them, that's just human nature. But then um, people take actions along those lines. And so when it comes to hiring in the tech community, a lot of people hired are just like um, folks who are already in there. Um, so it could be that. Um, yeah, a bunch of stuff. Definitely. And I know it's a crazy journey, but you know, I'm definitely wishing you luck. And I think you're, you're on the right path and you're making a stand like so you're communicating your difficulties for yourself and also standing up for others who might not be 
as strong to communicate verbally what's going on. You know, bringing attention to the point is the is the best way to go because some people might simply be sadly be oblivious to what's really going on. Oh, definitely, um, I've encountered that. <laughs> Like, what do you mean the sky is not blue? I look up all the time, but you're inside of a dark building. How, you know, how do you even know what it looks like? So it's just a, it's a rabbit hole from there. Um, but I'd like to now talk about your entrepreneurial um, journey. What type of entrepreneurial projects have you launched over the years? Um, well, I have been really fortunate to know really great people in my life. And um, so currently I am involved directly with one startup and uh, indirectly with another. Uh, so my boyfriend, my partner, he has a podcasting network called Gifted Sounds Network. So um, uh, an idea he has is to uh, develop a directory, a very um, high quality um, podcast directory and just overall like audio uh, directory um, where people can upload um, their themselves recording themselves. And uh, it has, he has so many great ideas. So I'm supporting him in that, in the operations and the administration around that um, startup pursuit. Uh, indirectly, I am involved with his partner's um, startup because I was consulting them on how they can um, go about building their platform out because um, they're working on a Patreon-like platform for game developers. Specifically okay. game developers, specifically that demographic. So yeah. what is the name? Is it is it um shoot, I I feel like I've come across it before. Do you wanna name drop the, the, the company, the, the game one? Oh, um they're still working on a name actually. Oh, okay. it's really so new. Oh, okay. So I think um, I don't know. There, there was another one a couple of years ago that I came past. Well, not a year, maybe like two years ago that I came past. Maybe they could learn something from them. Or yeah, so that's that's so cool. But I definitely think that's a that's a cool venture because I know so many video gamers, um, and it's technically a sport at this rate. Yeah, yeah. Folks <laughs> in like Fortnite these days. Mm -hmm. I mean, there there's there's nothing really wrong with um, creating a product that is already out there as long as you don't copy it. Like you have to bring something new to the table. And some people may find using your product better than that other product, even though they both offer the same service or, or whatever, like bring something new to the table, something unique. And by, your, by the very nature of us having our own perspectives as human beings, that's a unique aspect of of our products and services um, in entrepreneurship. So I don't think there's anything wrong necessarily with um, reinventing the wheel because a lot of these services out there are and products are, as long as you, you know, think of something cool, think of something new. Yeah, definitely. Um, and uh, I saw a post going around the other day and it was like a photo of the bread aisle and saying, you know, no one in the aisle said, oh, I'm not going to start a bread company. And there's like, a hundred different types of like bread brands yeah um so think of it like that not because it's just like a same or similar product it's going to be executed the customer service is the same like even down to how the people communicate with their clients could be the one differentiating factor but it's a huge differentiator um so that's really great and let's now dive a little bit into your misadventures of entrepreneurship as this series is called um you told me a little bit about 
free labor and miscommunication were some of your misadventures. Let's talk about that. Like what happened? Um, tell me the story of when you were, when you gave away free labor and like, what was that like? And what did you learn from it? Yeah. Um, well, it partly has to do with your first question too. Uh, what brought me to this entrepreneurial path in the first place? Um, cause I don't think I quite answered your question. I'm sorry about that. I think I like, I didn't answer it fully, so definitely it's related to this question. Too. Let me know. <laughs> okay. Um, well, uh, like me first, I'm brand new to all of this, all of it, right? But um, my uh, actions and achievements have come out of necessity. Um, with uh, in, in my experience with Black women in general, right? We have to do. Um, what it takes to live, to survive, um, and to strive. And so a lot of us are very much entrepreneurial because other avenues are closed for whatever reason, right? Not necessarily even because of black women or whatever. It could just be um, the nature of our lifestyle. A lot of us, we, um, we support families and we're caregivers and... Um, you know, maybe we're like bound by location or whatever. So we're not able to do what we want to do in life. And so we find other ways to um, make a living and to accomplish whatever we need to accomplish. <clears throat> so for me, I, I was going in blind in a lot of ways, but I still had faith in myself and my abilities. Um, like I said, I, I diverged from in my educational path. And uh, I had to do something. I had to do something to, to make a living. So that art degree wasn't it. <laughs> um, so yeah, I, I started to freelance as a web designer and I did administrative work. And um, uh, so like I, I worked as a sole proprietor um, for a while. And so I, I got a taste of like what, what it's like to um, file taxes four times a year and file um, and, and register a business and stuff like that. So um, that was another entrepreneurial um, entrance for me. Um, but yeah, out of necessity, out of necessity. And, um, you know, when you have, when you have talents and you have skills, um, you have to express it. You have to give your gifts to the world. And so that's why I, I'm doing what I'm doing. Because I, I know that I can contribute positively in different ways. Definitely, definitely. And it, it feels like you're holding yourself back if you don't just act on these impulses to, to do. And, you know, as the show is called Doing the Most, it just, it feels like you're going against yourself if you're not out there doing something, working, producing, engaging, volunteering, helping. Yeah. Um, and you said another misadventure, you know, tell us a story of when like miscommunication happened and what you wish could have went differently. Hmm. Okay. Let's see. Um, well, uh, in my podcast network, um, I, I primarily helped with help with the production of, mm -hmm. uh, the different podcasts, um, the different shows, uh, a few of them I would also host. So that was great. And um, for one of them, uh, I, I had a lot of fun hosting. Um, I don't host it anymore, but um, it was a great adventure. And uh, 
one of the reasons why I left is because of miscommunication on my part, um, where TLDR, I just, I wasn't ready to get to the next level, but my host was, I was like, oh my gosh, like I'm I have to step up and I have to like do like that much work to, to have this podcast be successful. Oh my God, I'm not ready. Um, and it didn't, you know, I didn't communicate it that way. It was more like, oh gosh, you know, I don't have time. Why are you asking me to do certain things? Um, but that, that my co-host, um, they, they came from the entertainment industry already. So they knew what it took to, to, um, get a show off the ground. And, but I didn't have any of that know-how. So, um, I just wasn't ready. I wasn't ready to, uh, to do what I needed to do. Um, because there's, there's one thing with going in blind, right? Like a lot of things I learned on my own. And then, um, a lot of things I learned from other people, but then there's another thing where you don't know what you don't know. And then when you find out that you don't know what you don't know, um, yep. kind of freak out a little bit. Cause it's like, uh, what do I do? What do I do then? Like, you know, so, um, that was a huge humbling experience for me. Yeah, and like if you could go back, like what do you wish you could have done to kind of help the communication in that scenario? I would have listened more. I would have listened more and um, trusted trusted my partner and uh, her guidance, right? Because I didn't rely on her enough. Like I didn't inquire enough about what she meant. Um, so like asking questions. Yeah. Yeah. Asking more questions and listening and learning from that. Learning from my partner, trusting my partner. And, and that, that goes into entrepreneurship. That goes into anything. Like if you're in partnership mm-hmm. with someone in anything, you got to be able to trust them or else you're not going to be a proper partner. And if they know something more than you, learn from them. Mm-hmm. Don't let your pride get in the way. Yeah, and that is really key what you said right there, you know, trusting, um, asking questions, definitely, and listening. Because I think with the noise out there, especially in the modern day that we're in right now, there's so much noise to be the best or the most liked or to not be or feel stupid. And so, you know, oh, I know it. I looked it up. You know, WebMD said it's this. So you're like yelling at your doctor, like, no, I do not have this. It says this. So, you know, you're trying to be the expert. And most often it's just really taking a step back, humbling yourself. But listen, even if I have 14 degrees, I went to Harvard, Yale, Princeton, and graduated with a Pulitzer Prize, whatever it may be, this other person that didn't even make it to high school could know something in some area more than me and I'm going to pay attention and I'm going to retain this information. So a lot of people discredit very easily. And I'm not saying that you did this on purpose. It's just like a subconscious thing that society kind of instills on us. If you have more degrees or if you have more, um, if you can look it up or if you're, if you're smart, you can't learn anything new. Um, And I think we have to kind of like recondition ourselves to know that you could be, really, really smart, the smartest in one area, and then somebody can come along that is supposed to be less smart than you, and then they can teach you something that you never knew. Because, you, again, you don't know what you don't know, so just be open to the opportunity to always be learning. Like, I tell this all the time, like, always be learning and listening, because um, you never know what you can actually learn. And learning that new thing can literally 
take your life from a path like this to like being yeah so, it's crazy so, yeah. universe is, is is random like that so <laughs> but then it takes action on your part yeah exactly um another topic that you mentioned was selfishness can we talk a little bit about that and like what did you describe like what what made you felt like you were selfish and like in and in what situation you know again you don't have to drop any names or anything but just like as an entrepreneur i felt that same way right you know selfish with maybe my idea selfish with maybe my projects but then you have to like force yourself so how did you feel selfish and like what did you do to kind of overcome that that feeling um yeah i have absolutely no problem with selfishness at all. I think that um, it's a part of self-sustainability. Um, if you yourself are not the top priority in your life, um, there may be things about your life that um, will prevent you from achieving the goals that you want. Like, you got to take care of your health. You got to take care of your mental state. You got to take care of your emotions. Um, you got to have fun, right? Balance, right? Work-life balance. There's so many things that... Um, we have to focus on to to succeed at anything really um so as long as like you're not um that's like being selfish right is good but to a certain extent for sure and um my selfishness directly impacts my ability to help others um, me being a helpful person is selfish. Like some people, they'll ask me, why am I so helpful? Why am I doing this, that, and the other? And I'm like, because I want to, right? And so those people, they don't get that. That's my way. That's how I choose to be because I'm being selfish. That's how I choose to be. Like, I don't care if it's weird that I'm helpful, even though, like, listen to that. Isn't that weird that people think it's weird? to be nice and helpful, but I'm from New York City, so maybe maybe it's that. Um, but yeah, a little bit of selfishness, like you're living your life, nobody else. So you have to see yourself in the mirror every day. Um, you have to sleep with yourself. Uh, you, yeah, you are, you're your leader. You're, you are, you're you, and you deserve the world. So yeah, be a little selfish. Just don't let it overwhelm you. Don't, don't, um, don't be too selfish. Cause there, there is a degree where, where you have to like, let it go <laughs> like up to, but not past. Yeah, definitely. Totally agree with that. You have to kind of create like a level of synergy or like you said, balance with it. So that way you're honoring yourself, but you're also giving to the world. Cause that's all we're all here to contribute. Um, we're all lucky to be born a human <laughs> and you know to make it this far in life even if it's a day old or almost 100 years old to just be you know here together to help each other and impact each other um and my final question to kind of wrap up and thank you so much for being here is what advice do you give to other dreamers out there doers folks that maybe are on started their own company thinking about starting a company a side hustle whatever it may like maybe what advice would you give them you are okay. You are perfect in your imperfections. Um, it's okay to not know because no one's born knowing this stuff. And a lot of people, they get a lot of tips from others 
Um, but you don't see them getting those tips. So you think, oh, you know, people, they totally know what they're doing intuitively. Humans don't work that way. Um, uh, so you're completely fine. Um, there may be factors at play um, outside of yourself that impacts your success. Um, but make sure that you're clear on what's going on so you don't jump to conclusions. Um, keep persevering, but as long as it doesn't impact your health. So it's, it's very good to work hard and to strive. So some people call it the grind. Some people call it hustling, whatever. Um, and that's fine and dandy, but if this starts affecting you in negative ways, you got to know yourself well enough to step back and say, listen, maybe this isn't the best for me, or at least right now, and just take a break from it. Yeah, that is literally great advice because a lot of folks will work themselves to the point of burnout because there's, again, this like the stigma around if you're not like super tired and running on four hours of sleep and 17 coffees, you're not working hard enough as an entrepreneur, which is totally wrong. I try to get at least eight hours a night and I'm still super productive in a day. So just, you know, being aware, like you have to be aware of your physical and your health wise, you know, your mental health as well and know when it's too much, when you should slow down and when you can speed up if you'd like to, but just be really aware of that. So I want to say a big thank you to Mickey for being here with us today on the doing the most, the misadventures of entrepreneurship. <laughs> Down below in the comments, you'll find her information of how to reach her, contact her, and check out her podcast network and her other ventures that she's working on. Um, thank you so much for being here, and we look forward to seeing everyone on the next episode of Doing the Most. Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of Doing the Most. Catch us here next week, same time, same place. If you can't wait, head on over to doingthemost.xyz to stay connected. Until next time, keep on doing.